Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, I'll say one nice thing first. Chris Rock believes that this person is the most influential comedian of the last 25 years. It's not him. It's not Dave. It's not uh, Cat Williams. It's not. It's Kathy Griffin. And the reason it's Kathy Griffin is because before Kathy Griffin, no one, no one talked about celebrity run-ins. Oh, I had a run-in with Whitney Houston. Are you in? And then Kathy did and did nine, 21 specials on Bravo. And now everyone has a little celebrity bit or like a show on a graphic or a text or like, it, believe me when I tell you, no one did it before her. That's my first compliment. My second compliment is... You're the only comedian that's actually gotten canceled. Oh, really canceled? Yeah, like not I'm like saying, fakey, no, canceled. it's not like it's not theater. It's no, not. It I'm was doing an investigation by two agencies within the Department of Justice, where I was interrogated under oath. The Secret Service and the U.S. Attorney's Office was very seriously considering charging me with a conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United States. Right. By fo- assassination by photo shoot. Yes. And um, I actually got a FOIA about this recently. And Freedom of sh- Information Act. And it showed how aggressively the Oval Office was pursuing actual criminal charges. Yes. So whenever that. someone's talking about I'm canceled, they're canceled, <laughs> go, all right, let's compare their cancellation to Kathy Griffin's cancellation. <laughs> Most of the people I know Moved up a venue. A no fly list. Fucking cr- no, anywhere. No f- anywhere. For how long? Two months. That's fucking insane. That's a tour killer. Yeah, that's a tour killer for sure. And also, you love. I mean, the only upside is you were also a big fan of the Mile High Club. Oh yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, that's all. That's I, you. I, I punch my heart. <laughs> uh, girl. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that, and that, and and you lost your. You were stable on Bravo. Only on Bravo. Go yeah, on. I I lost. You know, first of all, I was in the middle middle of a fifty city tour, and within seventy two hours, every single theater had canceled because they were getting so many bomb threats yeah. to the theaters. So the tour was canceled very quickly. You know, as like my agents got scared, and the, basically the phone stopped ringing for five years. Okay, well that was what I was going to ask you. When did you think? Because one of your blocks is um what, like people still thinking you're canceled. Yeah. And what I'm what when did you feel like okay, I think I'm I'm over it's over. Like 2 months ago. Oh, for and, real? And what is what I mean by that is you know, this whole time I've been pitching, I've been a pitching animal. I was pitching game shows and talk shows and unscripted anything. You've and you've had a lot of TV shows. I mean, I've, you did yeah, how many I've, seasons of your of the Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D List. Six seasons. I had a talk show called Kathy for two seasons. I was on a sitcom in the nineties for four years. And like I like you said, I've done specials at HBO, Comedy Central, and then Bravo. And so World Record amount. 21. I am in the Guinness Book of World Records. I true. think you're right. And so, and so, um, that part was uh, the probably the hardest psychologically. But the seismic nature of this cancellation was that that photo, like it or not, was manipulated and had captions put to it in um, Iran, China, Russia, um, within 12 hours. So the Trump machine was really doing that, and they knew how to do it, and they had the apparatus to do that sort of stuff. So I would. What was what were they like him as victim? Well, I was a terrorist. So at first, right. I was um, a member of ISIS. So would Iraq want you? 
Well, more have you, Syria. Have you been asked to join ISIS? <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. I am committee chair of the Bake Off. <laughs> um, so you know it, that was as crazy as that sounds. That was sort of the original original story, and now it's morphed into the MAGA people now have decided that I have been to Epstein Island. Oh, because you know you love underage girls, and That's I was molesting underage thing. girls. And while I wish that was a fringe theory, you know, the, the MAGA QAnon folks, we're talking tens of millions of Americans. And so the MAGA terrorism stuff then turned into she's just basically a child Hollywood pedo, as they would like to say. Sure. And um, still undeserving of work or really to live. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just been going on and on. Which in showbiz, they're synonymous anyway. Yes. Like if you're not working, you're. You're dead. You're dead. You ne- in fact, you probably never existed, frankly, the more I think yeah. about it. Um, and so, um, unless you have a TikTok resurgence, which fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, and so the losing the work stuff was brutal. I lost like most, not most, I lost a lot of friends, like maybe half my friends, which was also bizarre. Was it like weakness on their part? I think. Um, I'd like to say I can't remember if I texted you and. If I didn't, I am sorry. Like the more oh, I go God. along, the more I Thank go along, you. the more like it's like if somebody's in trouble, yeah. talk, call them or like because you think what did, I'm not Kathy. But it's like we're tangential. Like I we like yeah. it, but it's like. But so I apologize if I didn't. I there's a chance I may have, but I don't know. I'm gonna kind of look it up actually after this. Yeah, but, I think you um, have to. I would have loved that and loved that. The thing that was really hurtful was I just didn't have any advocates. That could like move the dial and it like I had some friends calling me and I had some Hollywood people calling me saying, Man, this is so messed up and he's terrible and it's a first amendment violation, which it was. But I found that those folks were kind of wanting to be part of this thing. Uh. But they two of them are really, really prominent producers, comedy producers. And after a while, I said, you know getting these texts from you is actually getting like painful because what I need is I need a job. Mm. I need somebody to give me five lines in anything. Yeah. I need a cameo on SNL like that's Pulp two Fiction. seconds. She was I in carried. Pulp Fiction. I carried Pulp Fiction. You, if you need someone to go to court, I will be glad to help. Okay, that guy was a drunken maniac. He hit you and then he crashed into that car. I don't even remember the Bing Ram scenes. No. I remember you. I remember, I remember Witness Number dance. 3. What's that? <laughs> Witness number three. That was probably <laughs> my didn't character. Didn't say it wasn't Kathy Griffin as herself? No, actually, Quentin Tarantino um, credited me in Pulp Fiction. Kathy Griffin as herself. Yeah, all right. Good. That's Which made me feel very famous. Pretty great. Very yeah. famous. That was huge. That really huge. was. And it fu- was, you, couldn't, you couldn't explain it to people. Yeah. Before, like, Pulp Fiction, it's still popular. Oh, yeah. 30 years later. Yeah. And every frame of it works. And to be... I just sidebar just yeah. to be around that and the filming was really magical. Like just like like yes, everybody knows I love celebrities. I'm an enamored with celebrity, but I really love talent. Yeah. And so I went to the set a couple of other times when I wasn't working, and I was very friendly with Quentin at the time. Yeah. He called me when he was writing it, and he read me a very famous. Um, I don't see a sign here that says dead. Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. Um, you <laughs> and know, that's coming from me. That's right. Did you notice a sign in the front of my house that said... And that was like magical. It was magical then because the night he read me the scene, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, like, oh, you're this like... really pretty good dialogue. I yeah. didn't think this might have some. I remember a friend of mine saw it was screening the night before and he's like, there's a scene 
where he's talking fucking in <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so that that was magical to have three lines, but also like going to the cast party. Yeah. And Christopher Walken was there dancing. Like yeah. magical moments. Yeah. No, that was a great that was also like I mean, I guess it was would have been what the fifties were in the eighties. Yeah. It was thirty years ago. So yeah. like it's hard oh, to explain to people I can't like even. how Right. Like even like how did you get in a movie? It was nuts. I was sort of dating him, first right. of all. But what I'm saying is like that was my feeling about everyone. And I loved that he was a big Groundlings fan. Right. So he would go to the Thursday night improv show and he put five the five Groundlings are in that movie. Julia Sweeney Julia, who yeah. played Harvey Cattell's girlfriend. My favorite is the Gimp, a guy named Steve Hibbert. He was a Groundling. Oh, I didn't know that. The Gimp, okay. Yeah. That guy. And I remember he was on set a lot in that freaking outfit. Like that, they did not shoot him out in a day. <laughs> I remember him talking about how hard it was to be the Gimp in Pulp Fiction. Fuck, and so now funny. we see why. I that's had a, a joke with Bing Rames that he is he's the only person to get raped in a movie that even dudes were like, Right. You took that shit like a G. <laughs> Like I yeah. felt you on that, just like I, it, but that's the whole movie is like that. Yeah. Like, why is this working so good? I it's know. Every, yeah, amazing. I know. I actually like one night Quentin and I drove to I think it was Redondo Beach because they used to have a Dunkin' Donuts there, and I knew the fry time, so I said I can promise you hot donuts. And we drove past the video store where he worked. Like that was magical. Yeah. So yeah, like you're saying, as you get older, I really have an appreciation for those moments. Like, whatever I bitch about being canceled or whatever, I've had some crazy cool moments that actually mean something to me. And that was one of them. Like, having the opportunity to have a few lines in that movie, whatever. Getting to do my life on the D-list and have it be like a real reality show. It wasn't scripted. Yeah. I didn't think they would just stop doing that and then script them. Like, that didn't even occur to me. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, that show is... Kind of right, really like you guys didn't good. have to go to a fake gun range. There were no script. No, there were no scripts. And you were like very, if not first, like very early in including your parents. Oh, my parents were naturals. They yeah. should have spun them off season one. By the way, my parents just had that thing. They oh, just yeah. were so authentic and were hilarious and were drinking on camera the way they did in life, <laughs> and it was just real. You know. What are your other big ones like that? Like, I think. And what are, I think it, about playing Carnegie Hall myself five times. Yeah. Five times. Yeah. Every night was magical in its own way. Just the honor. I call that that the church. Like, I yeah. guess if I had to pick a venue. But just standing on that stage, and it's just one of those things where not only did I never think it happened, but also I didn't know it lends itself so well to stand-up. But the acoustics that work for the Dude, symphony. I did a show in in a in a the in Seattle at the Symphony Hall last year. And I was always kind of like I it's like the the chamber music room, right? Yeah. I did a joke. It was like bing, bang, bang. It was just yeah. like the fastest thing where I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like it do does make such a huge difference that yeah. you wouldn't think of. Yeah. Why do you think they, not like the basic showbiz thing of like, I was, I had a dream. And uh, are there any specifics that you're like, that one means a lot? Probably the, the specials tied with my life on the D list. And they, I was doing them around the same time, but I just loved doing it. And you know, I, I love making people laugh. Really, I don't care if it's a commercial. Took out the seltzer. Or a reality show or a scripted show. I just love making people laugh. Yeah. But, you know, it was real. I was under the radar in a good way during all those specials yeah. because it wasn't like a big priority to them. So they would kind of just 
do them. Like, I think when they were doing their annual budget, they just were like, okay, let's put one, at least one slide for Kathy Griffin specials. And so they became not a very difficult thing for them to do. And incredibly, you know. And you're the only horse on, in that, on that. Yes. I take pride in that, that I, I'm actually disappointed they didn't continue to do specials because I taught them how to do specials. There's also a lot of people that would work very well on there. Yes. That they, yes, they I probably agree. think it's low rent or something. You know how that was always the reputation? I know, but on the housewives, they're all like, you know, in jail and stuff. I mean, there's <laughs> another one who just went to prison again. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't have to tell you about the housewives of Salt Lake City. I mean, please. I don't want to get started on your blog about it. One of one of one of is that the one? Oh, they're all swingers now or something? Uh, that's sister wives. Hey, you know what, Grandma? Try to keep up. <laughs> um, okay, so so the yeah, you're the only one that to me got canceled. Yeah, but I want to talk about. Well, tell me what it's what, what it's like. What is it like? Does it just how the free fall? The free well, it was really fast. You know, it was overnight. It's the fastest free for all I've ever seen. It was quick. And, and then, then Roseanne beat your your oh, time. Can I tell you? <laughs> that whole thing makes me so sad. Because yeah, I loved her. Roseanne's she, fucking funny. And she's fucking funny, but also what an icon. No one ever looked like her. No one talked like her. Absolutely. No one presented. She's like full QAnon now. She's beyond MAGA. Hmm. Like she thinks Joe Biden isn't is a, the real, right. it's an actor He's a robot playing, the, right, yeah, yeah. yes. Her thing she said on Theo's podcast was really funny. Oh, she that- got in trouble. The thing about, uh, she said if, if, uh, if, if rednecks made a, made, it's a good thing Jews run showbiz because if rednecks do it, it'd be all fishing shows, mm-hmm. which is a fucking yeah. hilarious observation. Yeah. Six months ago, she fucked up the setup uh-oh. With the Jewish stuff, but yeah. like the that punchline's really funny. It is good. I'm in trouble again with the uh, Satanists. Okay, so what does it feel like? So the, the crazy thing is it comes from you at all ends. So God forbid I had looked online. So I, I kind of yeah, went on can't. a media blackout after like a day. But I did think for a minute, like this is gonna change. Then the calls. I was gonna do two book events for Al Franken, and he called me and he just went, I can't be associated with you. What were you thinking? That just sent me sobbing. Then seeing on Have the- Have he gotten canceled yet? No. I know. And but I'm sure you I didn't know. get any satisfaction from it. Not really. No. Like, see, that's what you get. It's like, no, it's no, it it's stink. It's not fair. It stinks. Yeah. It's it doesn't really help yeah. us. Okay. So um then, you know, I read on the ticker on CNN that I was fired from New Year's Eve with Anderson Cooper. I read it on the ticker. Then I, uh, I, you know, got a text from Anderson. I don't know. No, Anderson Cooper, like, made a statement, which was really bad. It was, yeah, it was like, really you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then Andy Cohen literally went on tape for TMZ and said, I don't know her. I don't know her. Who? Kathy Griffin. Who? Can you understand their point of view at all? Yeah, of course. Right. For sure. Yeah. But just remember, I didn't just have the right turn on me. I had the right, left, and center. Yeah. So that's another it's thing called that unity. made. <laughs> Finally, the country came together. Yeah. For the first day, I was sort of strident about it. And then I started getting calls, which I now in retrospect see are so insane. But like a former publicist called me and said, you know, what if Daniel Pearl's mother sees this? The guy who was beheaded by ISIS. And this is going to be used in ISIS training videos. You know, she was right about that. <laughs> yeah, but the Betamax version, which nobody has. The, and so um, stuff Monkey like that. Monkey bars was, and you. And me, I, you know. Yeah, fantastic. And um, so the, the fact that it came from all 
angles was tough. If I went outside, I was verbally assaulted almost immediately, no matter where I went. Like, like yelling mostly people yelling at me, and occasionally, occasionally someone like whispering, like "Good for you, he deserves it" or whatever, yeah. like something like that. The death threats, which now are common, were actually not six and a half years ago. So now you they hear were people for all the like time. John, I get death threats and this. John threat. Stewart, The Daily Show, always John and Trevor. Yeah. Like endless. So I became, unfortunately to the right, I became the left's version of Ann Coulter. And as you mentioned about that lovely compliment from Chris Rock, I never did political humor. I mean, if something came up, I would. Yeah. But primarily it was my own run-ins with celebrities and how funny that would be. Yeah. And so it then thrust me into political lefty comedian Kathy Griffin. Right. And... Then it was a bunch of people that never saw my work to begin with. Then, you know, really thinking I deserved criminal charges and turning on the TV and there'd be a panel of four talking heads discussing the photo on CNN again. And then somebody that had a foundation with a membership of three people would make a statement and it would get coverage. It's so funny because, again, it seems like so long ago yeah and there are so it's chaos all the time now right every day right. so i'm like when was this and it's hard to imagine it eating up five minutes of a news cycle much yeah. less however long it took off but what i didn't know is behind the scenes the trump machine was working overtime the bob Mueller had just been appointed you know they had a lot of distracting right. they wanted to do so i've seen some of the machinations of how that went and i've talked to a ton of washington people and i've talked to former people that were at the White House at the time. Does it make you? I became a little bit of a detective because I wanted to try to figure out how it got so big. Okay, well, here's my question. You must have learned things that surprised you. Oh, yeah. I mean. Does it then go like you're not QAnon, but you understand it? You understand how someone can get, like you knew of something that you would have thought was a conspiracy six months earlier. Yeah. And then you find out that it's real and you must go like, how many more conspiracies are there? Yeah. Or that I think are conspiracies that are actually real things. So did you get any empathy in that way? Did I receive any or see any? No. Did you, could you understand someone who's paranoid in a different way? Oh yeah. But I also was taking it in initially that what if that photo was used in an ISIS video? You know, I was very seriously hearing the things people were saying. Now they're they're they've been debunked, but I started thinking I, I don't want to just blow that off. And so, of course, I could understand, you know, this comedian who it's not her lane anyway, and now she's gone and done this thing. Did you and- ever? Did you think to yourself, I knew I shouldn't have done political comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Stick <laughs> to prop work. <laughs> yeah. And so I, of course, are you kidding? I thought, what if, God forbid, an American gets freaking decapitated and somebody says in a video. Thank you, Kathy Griffin, for the inspiration. Yes, so my God, there's the other side. There's the other side and that makes sense. But that's also. And stuff is so crazy that someone could have, for all I know. Did you feel guilt? And shame about yes, it? Yes, of course. Of uh, course. Yeah, be... And also, as a chick and a woman of a certain age, I was like, oh, great. I'm like one of those women that let down other chicks and other, you know, not yeah. there's, there's not yeah, well, that Okay, that's an us... interesting angle, though. Like, what? how would you, who was worse about it, men or women? Equal. Yeah, okay. Equal. So you didn't I, feel- Older people had a problem with it more than younger people. Okay. Immediately, gay guys loved it. 
And like they were like I saw a video days after the photo of like a bunch of gay guys dressed like me at Fire Island doing like a little like five guy parade. That's great. And they had like Halloween masks. Yeah. So of course I'm human. I would like cling to something like that. Sure. And I I knew it would take an amount of time. I never thought it would take years. And like you said, it is forever ago. Six and a half years, especially in this new cycle. Yeah. Is forever ago. It's like a dream. It's like, did I hear about that? Right, what was right. that? Did I but dream that? The great Jane Fonda said, you know what, kid? This is what's going to be on your tombstone. And she's right. So I get it, especially like if I meet somebody at a dinner you party. You think she's Hanoi Jane forever? I think people think of her as Hanoi Jane forever. I've heard older dudes when refer to her today as Hanoi Jane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you remember the, did anybody have a catchy slogan for you? What? Like a headless Kathy? I mean, I, I prefer just the beheader. <laughs> but, you know, because I'm simple and direct. Fuck. It's like my you're new going, tour. My life on the PTSD list is really what it's you're about. Going on, you're going on the, the no-fly zone. Again? Or the no, spin, the no spin zone. Wait, what? <laughs> Who? Don't put down my mother's boyfriend. <laughs> is your My uh, mother used to call Bill O'Reilly her boyfriend. Yeah. My mom sent me his book one time. Yeah. I, my parent, my mom was born in 1933 in Chicago, so okay. I'm pretty sure similar. Right. Oh, okay. No, you know what? I want to talk about your voice real quick. Okay. What, what, I didn't know about it. So I had lung cancer right. and I've never smoked, but I just got it. And so yeah. they had to take Did out- Did your parents? No. You know what's interesting about lung cancer? The, I looked Neither up- parents smoked. How much, what percentage of smokers get lung cancer? Right. 15%. No. I swear, I looked it up like a week ago and I, I looked it up three different places. One was 10 to 20%, one was 15. That makes sense because I also, my own surgeon said it's on the rise among people that don't smoke or never smoked, but it's also on the rise in general. Well, pollution, right? Yeah, it's gotta be. Um, like mine could have been from like radon or something when I was a kid, I don't know. What, what, was, what were they doing with radon? Isn't that insecticide? Maybe. All right. I used to, we used to have this thing, not making this up, the DDT truck. And the moms, including my mom, would call us and go, Kids, the DDT truck is here. You know this, right? Wanda I'm did not a bit about it. Yeah. Wanda did a bit about it. And like, it's an insane. You can't believe it's it. It's a cloud. We, we used to call it the cloud, and we would call it dancing in the cloud. And we would follow the truck because it went slow. And no one thought that they were pesticides or that why, what could possibly be bad about pesticides and children following them like a Pied Piper. You can't. I've been doing a bit le- lately about remember when sunblock began? <laughs> there was no right, sunblock. Right. And then they were like, hey. Right. And we're like, oh, okay. you were just out of luck. I remember a comedian, William yes. Cornell, did a joke uh, when he was about SPF 45. And he's like. A flannel shirt is SP, SPF yeah. 30. So like it was crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you, how do you get the diagnosis and what happens? Just like two different shrinks and my oncologist also. But I think that the cancer stuff might have been, well, not, not worse than the Trump stuff, but I think it was put me over the freaking edge because I was injured during my surgery. So I'm now cancer free. But when they were taking out the half lung, they paralyzed my left vocal cord, vocal cord permanently. And I have an aperture above my cords. So when I do stand up now, my voice, the adrenaline makes it go into a higher pitch than this. But even this is like a higher pitch of my voice. So well, you're clearly nervous. I'm very nervous to be around you in person. <laughs> I've only heard the stories, but um, I, I'm self-conscious about it. I can't. I can no longer yell, which is just bizarre as a comic. I can't do impressions, so my voice just can't quite do stuff. So I'm just learning how to. The, do you feel weaker? 
as a result? No, I have to ask the audience to give me a little license because, and I do this right up top of the show. I tell them what happened and this is why my voice sounds different, but that's, you know, that's all it is. And then I'm, I'm fine. And then Will we it get better? move on. No. Shit. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you can't go loud, yeah, that's not great. But I, I would say going higher is better though. Yes. Well, it's also, I don't have a choice. I can only go higher. Right. But, but I mean, like if you I think get a better about microphone, I now do the headset like Madonna microphone. Right. Finally. I never, I had no idea there was so much like more amplification. I didn't know that. I thought all mics were the same. And I'm telling you, They're I tried louder? the headset one and it's somehow louder and you don't have to project as much. Great. I know. Um, and do you feel, you don't seem to be very self-pitying. Are you? Pro I think so. Yeah. I think most comedians are. Yeah. Um, I enjoy a pity party. Oh, so right? it's my the only kind I'm of party late. I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're never late because you're always there. I'm always there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I try not to because that just helps me. I just get more depressed if I do pity myself and stuff. So, but the thing I do is I have a caseworker, like I'm um, on probation. I honestly do. Oh, you're going to love this. From the government? No, I have a caseworker for my PTSD. Oh, but okay. now that you say that, what if she's a government spy and she's taking my data? Yeah, are you? What do you? What does that mean? A caseworker for your if PTSD? She's in charge of putting the team together that freaking keeps Humpty Dumpty back together again. How big so, is the team? The team's like seven people. What? Where? <laughs> At my house in Malibu. <laughs> Naturally, where do you think yeah, we're being my Cove out of Malibu? <laughs> Um, what do you, so what is, is that like a therapy thing that you needed to Look, put together? Uh, yes. Okay. So you ready? Yeah. All right. So there's the regular shrink. That's fine. Kay. But he does this, the EMDR. Are you, yeah, I know EMDR. You do? Sure so I do. hold buzzers. I well, know what you, you're doing. Explain this to your fans. Okay, guys. I'll tell weird. you my story with, with EMDR. But, but don't bullshit. Tell the real story. No, I'll tell the real okay, story. Right. You recall experience, at least this is what I do. You recall experiences that were, you know, hard or traumatic, and there was a buzzer, like a, yeah. you know, a phone buzzer going like off. Like a vibration, like a cell yes. phone. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, so you're doing that. They're going, it's bi, uh, it's a binaural. They EM control the speed of it going buzz, 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 right. buzz. Electro. It's some, so anyway, you re-experience it just in your memory, and with a, you do a positive rewrite. Right. And then this this emdrs it in some weird brain shit uh and i have buzzers of my own i at, also own my own set of buzzers mm, but know. i can't control the speed very well there's only two speeds it's weird when you do it yourself anyway so i do that how many once a week yes okay okay you ready breath work great hypotropic wait a minute why are you not like poo-pooing this you know what breath work is what kind of homosexual man are you i am i have un. Kathy, I have Who been on a you? journey. <laughs> I've been on a journey. So you know what breath work is? Holotropic? I don't know. It's where they teach you. Are you breathe. hyperventilating? Yes. You're like. <gasps> Do you hallucinate or go to like another place? No, but I cry sometimes. Okay. That's yeah. good. I think that's similar. You don't think it's funny we have to take a class to learn how to breathe? Like you can't just. We're I'm, so messed up I'm, in the head. I'm we can't just go in and out. I'm still taking two stand-up classes. So. <laughs> 
so uh no i don't think we need i don't I, we didn't we didn't have train any sort of training like everything about education of all kinds right. on earth is wrong that's true like nothing they we didn't train me nothing. for my life at all it, i don't it, know whose life this is supposed to be yes <laughs> your mom supposed to be my mom's it's supposed to be your mom and dad's life like they're preparing you for their i'm world. what i'm barren I can't true? have five children. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm barren. Do That's they not one of your blocks, but I get it. <laughs> barren. It's not even the right word. I, see? Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the yeah, so I am just started drinking ayahuasca and just all, I'm I'm open to whatever. That Okay, so I got so sick because the way my PTSD attacks happen is I can't stop vomiting. So that will lay you out. So then you got to get IV fluids. So I was going to the emergency room all the time. And so 10 months of that. I threw my hands up and said, whatever. So uh, Kundalini yoga. Sure. That's like starter level to me. I did Kundalini yoga 15 years ago. I'm a maniac. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I don't even know what it means when you go like this. Sat nam. Sat nam. Who's, what's sat nam? To quote Will Ferrell, nobody knows what it means, but it's, it's provocative. It gets the people going. But I'm a, like, kind of afraid to ask. <laughs> what, I mean, have you done? Uh, sat nam. <laughs> Have you done uh, the 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 every the the mantra one, the the uh, you just have a secret mantra no, that well, you repeat to yourself and you no, can't repeat it. I just repeat what she has like a weird poem she re she does <laughs> and then she also does a song, a freaking song. At this the end. is at your house. Yes, and she <laughs> no she dressed like she's in the PLO. And she comes over and she's got like the MC Hammer pants. God love her. And the hair is like gray down to the shoulder, but then brown from the shoulder to the butt. Mm. Um, uh, a more? No, what is it called? A fombre. It's, it's called do your roots. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's a it's a reverse roots. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very trendy in that community. Now, you know, I'm also afraid, like the breathwork lady and the kundalini yoga, you know that they often lean, if not are, QAnon. QAnon. Yeah. Yes. So I'm terrified to ask if they're, oh, I do know they're vaxxed because of my half lung. I can't fuck with anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I know there's somehow a division about that. And not all anti-maskers are Trumpers. I'm not saying they are. But I can't. But there's I just, a, they, it's a respiratory disease. They died disease. 15% more after the vax was out. Do you know that? Yes. Um, again, that's what the mainstream media that I've counted on my entire life <laughs> told me. The, also, the Washington Post, who published the Pentagon Papers and uh, and Watergate. So, yep, you're right. They're they're on they're on the they're on the wrong side. Anyhow, Kathy. Okay. Whew, that just got a little real. I didn't know I walked. Into I almost a started, I started vomiting. Socialism. I have a thing yeah. where I vomit when I when I'm being truthful. So. <laughs> When I'm when I'm feeling the truth, you'll so. be fine. <laughs> so as you know, that can that lays you out. Okay, so when they said let's put this together, by the way, including, and I didn't even know this is a thing. Who put it? Who the, the case? So my shrink wrote some DMDR books. So oh, a, great. a friend of mine said, I think this is the kind of therapy you might want to try, and this is a really good guy. So his name is uh, Steve Danzing Danzinger. Okay. So there you go. He wrote some books. And so he said, we can put together more people besides the MDR. So I was like, great. So I didn't even know this was a thing. And now I do it once a week. You, I get IV infusions that are not saline, but they're like vitamin bags. Mm -hmm. And they have like magnesium and it's yep. yellow. 
So now a nice lady comes to the house. Now, if I'm having a panic attack, they actually are lifesavers because I lose so much fluid that I, I can't even function. So they'll come if I'm having an attack, but also sometimes they come once a week just for no reason except to do it and give me more vitamins. Oh, do you have to puke that week to no. get it? No. You don't have to earn if it. If I'm in the middle of earning it, then it's like life or death. Like, And how often this is happening every day? This was happening. No, I'm going to say it was happening like four days a week. And the scary thing is I Where never would you knew be? I'd be at home because I would know if I was going to have an attack within 60 seconds of waking up. And it would go down so fast from, oh, good morning. Oh, I got a buzzy feeling in my chest running to the bathroom yeah. to vomit. So fast. Yeah. And then like the you know, it's all horrible. So when the caseworker, who, by the way, has pink dreads and is Caucasian. I don't even think black people are allowed to have dreads anymore. I, I think it's only white people at this point. I'm wondering if it's Rachel Dolezal. White people, white people bought, bought the rights to, just to dreadlocks. Now, you just, you know, Rachel Dolezal is sticking to that script. She was on an interview like two weeks ago, and she's like, I'm doubling, I'm tripling down. Do you want to hear... Uh, Pretty, the, maybe the greatest gift I've ever gotten. What for someone? Chris Rock, a uh, twenty by twenty piece of Dolan's art. A friend of mine, Neil Brennan. You know, yeah, Neil Brennan, love Canadian, Neil Brennan. Uh, good friend of mine sent me a piece of art, and I want to show you this piece of art. You, you, can you see the art? Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> <gasps> that is commitment to finding the perfect gift. <laughs> That is like, I'm going to get this person something. It's so funny. That money can't buy. It's so fun. Unless they have the, the internet and they can pay for it. But like. I thought you were saying unless they have $18. <laughs> no, it wasn't cheap. Really? I'm still on her, her mailing list. Okay. And some of it's good. Good. <laughs> so. Great. Like meaning it's like racial and like silly that she's doing it. But like it would be is good. Bad? Yeah. Is like that bad I, Yeah. Again, what we, what inspires us or right. who we are. Goes well in a home. Yeah, pretty right. harmless foul okay. to me. Yeah, to the the her foul. Yeah. Hey, hi. I don't know why I'm saying this like a P PSA. Like, hi. Ticket buying should be easy, and it's not. It's not been easy for some time. It's a bit of a wild west environment. Anyhow, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you, with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Okay, you know me. This is where I where I freestyle. I go through the old app and uh, we make fun of the stuff. Okay, here we go. Lakers, Lakers are good. Lakers are. If you live in LA, Lakers are. They're just a solid franchise. They're the Fast and Furious of basketball. They have multiple games on here. I live in LA, so they're all here. They're playing the playing the Knicks. Somebody suggested that the Knicks blow themselves up. This year, don't agree. Celtics, that's a that's a series with a ton of tradition that you don't care about at all. Do you remember Larry Bird? You don't? Okay. You still go to the game. Again, your town, whoever's playing, there's 30 franchises. They probably got one near you. Or you, maybe you take a road trip. Like people in the south will be like, we drove from New Orleans. And you're in like Texas. You're like, Jesus. Supercross is coming up at, at Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium. I got to say, wouldn't not go if invited. Would go to Supercross, would go to uh, Monster monster Trucks. When's that animated movie coming out about a bu bunch of monster trucks? Guys, I never stop thinking of content. Who else is coming up? 
The Clippers, we can't you can't say enough about the Clippers. Go see them. Kawhi Leonard's a pretty stoic guy. I once wrote a tweet that Kawhi Leonard uh, is the kind of guy that never tells his family what he does for work. He just goes, all right, Mama, i got to go to the playoffs. And she's like, what? And then she, he comes back. He scores 45 points, comes back, just sits at the kitchen table. It was a good tweet. It was a hot tweet. A lot of people stole it. A, almost Acoustic Christmas. K-Rock, big radio station out here. Chili Peppers are going to be on that. that. They're just the one of the people on it. That actually seems like that would be fun. I've never been to one of those festival things, but, but uh, people love them. I know that. Game Time has last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all the seats in the venue, so you know what you're getting up front. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They're doing a lot. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code BLOCKS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code B-L-O-C-K-S for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices. Confetti. Guaranteed. All right. Just used to use spray. Or not spray. The squirt soap. And uh, they sent me some Dr. Squatch. I really like it. Like way more than I thought I would. I have them all in a cabinet. And when I open the cabinet, it's like feeling a beautiful scented breeze. It really is nice. Come by the house, please. We'll go to my bathroom. I'll open it for you. And you'll be like, all right, I'll get out of here. All right, so I love the smell independently. And then what? It, what's it due to my body? Bet a lot of you are curious about. Get, been getting a lot of emails about, Neil, what's this Dr. Squatch doing to your body? I smell great. I don't think about it a lot. It leaves a nice sort of smooth feel. But it's not, doesn't feel artificially moist, which a lot of soaps feel like. And, uh... It's it's a bar, which I haven't used a bar in a while. That's fun. They, they make products that are better than the traditional soaps out there. They're high-performance natural product, 98% natural. No harmful ingredients. Sensory experience in the shower and on your skin. That's the smell and the feel. It's the perfect holiday gift, stocking stuffer, or treat yourself purchase. Buy three soaps and get three soaps for free. That's $28 in savings, like getting each bar for $4. So the featured products... In the buy three, get three offer, cool fresh aloe soap, pine tar soap, not like baseball bat pine tar, it smells good. Fresh fall soap, bay rum soap, wood barrel bourbon soap, birchwood breeze soap, and uh, one soap saver. Right now, Dr. Squatch is offering my listeners a huge savings. All new customers will get three free bars of soap, plus free shipping with any purchase of three bars. Just go to drsquatch.com slash N-E-A-L. To receive this buy three get three offer that's d-r-s-q-u-a-t-c-h dot com slash n-e-a-l to buy three soaps and get three soaps for free it's time to get all the daily routine essentials you'll need to start feeling good and smelling like a man today dr squatch what a soap emdr blood 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 bags blood bags <laughs> emdr kundalini yoga um uh, IV infusions, breath work, um, Pilates, chiropractor. Now, these aren't all weekly, like Pilates, you know. Yeah. Then I do a walk to and from the ocean that's about a 90-minute walk almost every day. Great. Change my diet. Nothing radical, but I can't, like, mess around with, like, bad foods anymore. Like at all? Chips? Well, Were you a snacker like that before? Yeah. Yeah, but I have to really be careful. If I do anything like too rich or if I just feel like binging out of junk food or something, it reminds me too much of being sick to my stomach. So mm. I did, I would say, I did lose initially, I lost a bunch of weight in the scary 
is your cancer back way? So I've been trying to gain a little more back, but that was also not fun. Like being so sick, I lost a bunch of weight in the not fun way. Yeah. Uh, were there any repercussions? Do you like worry about your teeth? From vomit, you know what I mean? Like those bulimia yeah. things where no, no, that's I think like a prolonged year of the it. year. I think so. This period, like I said, it was 10 months to a year, but I'm gonna keep it at 10 months because that's okay. sounds less horrible. Yep. Um but it was the fucking dark, man. I can only imagine. Yeah. I hate saying rough. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm <laughs> truly sorry. That like that sounds like uh, that no one deserves that. Yeah, it was rough. For any, it let alone rough. like a public pressure reason. So all I can say is the PTSD is probably a lot of like cancellation and the tentacles of that. I've also been sued five times by MAGA people. So like I have a case pending um, in Tennessee federal court. I had a case in Kentucky state court and Kentucky federal court, a separate case. And these were brought on by 12 additional families from the high school that remember MAGA hat kid, mm -hmm. a wore a MAGA hat and he was being rude to a native American guy at the national mall. Yeah. So their school is called Covington high school. Mm -hmm. So additional, he settled with CNN. I don't know why they settled, but they did. For, Do you know what, any idea what they settled on? Not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. It could be a dollar. It could be 50 million. So what, so what are they suing you for? They, um, I tweeted about that incident and they said it was defamation. So both of those cases um, were in the court system for about three years. I had a neighbor when I lived in Bel Air, California, and my next door, and we even we actually shared a wall. And he was like a wealthy CEO, and he was a Trump guy. And he would, and this is on tape. He would stand in his yard and go, "You cunt, you fucking bitch! Trump put the heat on you. Now it's war." So I had my next door neighbor like doing that, which scared the crap out of me. You, I feel like I heard that recording. Was that in your? Yeah, it was on. It was on the news. I, I yeah. gave it to the Huffington Post because I thought. If I go missing, no one is going to think it's like, first of all, we were living next to Kim and Kanye at the same time. Right. So, you know, everyone thinks they had the wild. They were dream neighbors. They Honestly, they were like the best yeah. neighbors you can imagine. Yeah. The CEO from KB Homes, on the other hand, you know, had me in court for three years. He said that when I gave the tape to Huffington, remember, this is pre- TikTok. How common is it now that you see somebody who's got a tape of their neighbor saying the N-word or whatever? So while this is now commonplace, I've been dealing with these cases in court. And so- Do you have to go? No, I haven't had to go. I had to go to the hearing for the next door neighbor for four days. And that was intense. What was the hearing about? Just like About stop. a protective order. Got I it. wanted a longer protective order. And he then took one out on me which was not helpful. And so, yeah, going through that whole experience with the hearing and then the way he felt about me and made those feelings known and got his friends to terrorize me and his wife would stand in the yard with her friends and go, Kathy, <sighs> Kathy, like creepy, scary. For how long? Months. How long would they do a Kathy session? Since I got the restraining order. So she, because she doesn't have one, her husband, or well, no, you don't they, have one they on were her. next door. So they weren't, they weren't like trespassing. Oh, they right. would be yelling from their own yard, which you can do to your heart's content. The restraining order isn't like a sound. It's just a physical location. So yeah, they can I, do. I kind of, man, I wish there were restraining orders <laughs> on just, sound. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what? I'm calling my congressman, Ted Lieu. <laughs> you know, I think we're going to get on that. It's going to be issue. like clueless. I'm going to pass that bill myself. <laughs> okay, so how much better, what do you consider your like rock bottom and then how much better are you since then? All right, rock bottom is when I tried to take my life because I became addicted to prescription pills, then tried to overdose on them and that was Intentionally. 20- Yes. Like, uh, oh, I like know I wrote a I'm... note and the whole thing. Yeah. Great. And um, did you any rewrites? Did you, did you just go? Did <laughs> it was you work it out draft. <laughs> No, but the funny thing is, I thought it was really profound. And then when I sobered up and I read it, it was like, me die now. Like, it was just not even, not the goodbye. It would be great if we, there was a song. You want to start a podcast where we criticize people's suicide notes? Yes. And give them notes. And, I think and give it's about notes time. and do rewrites. Yes. I think it's about, we get a room going. Um, yeah, me die now. Come yeah. on. I know. Um, I could have done better. And that was like probably the sort of rock bottom. Then I got sober. What was the, what was like the coming to? The coming to was I literally woke up and I just had bruises and lacerations on my body that I didn't know. I didn't know how I got them. You were at home by yourself. I was at home by myself. I kicked out my husband and, you know, I wasn't in my right mind in any way, shape or form. So how hard was the apology given to your husband? It's still, it's what's called a living apology. (laughs) Like you can't, you know, that's the apology you can't do enough. So I have apologized, but will always apologize because for him to have to read a suicide note. And also he found me when I fell, I fell down the stairs. Um, So you kicked him out. Then who found you? I was injured, but he, he got kicked out anyway. And then I came to, and I then texted a doctor and said, I've just taken like a hundred benzos and I tried to take my life and I, I'm, I'm alive, but I think I'm now I think I'm like injured. I don't know if I have broken bones or what. So Did any of them say quick, let's do some Kundalini yoga. <laughs> Sat nom. Sat nom. <laughs> um, and then I went to the hospital and what I didn't know is that I don't mean to give out tips, but what I didn't know is that when you're being like interviewed for like, you know, what are you here for? I just was like, oh, I tried to kill myself. And what did you take? Oh my God, 20 clonopin, 20 Valium. You know, I, I didn't know that when you admit it, they then automatically have, have to, to put commit, you on yeah. a 5150. Yeah. So I be vague about it. That's what you're well, trying to say. Exactly. And that wasn't gonna stand with me. And so I remember saying, Well, like, okay, well, now I've given you this information. I feel better. I'm going to take off so you can go ahead and take this IV out of me. And the doctor then explained, you're going to be held here. And I straight up was still out of my mind, but I was like, oh, oh my gosh, no, that is so, you don't even have to. I'm going to head out. I'll call my friend for a ride. Don't worry. I'm being safe about it. And then he said, there's two cops on the other side of the curtain. And there were. And then he said, well, never forget. He goes... And if you try to leave, they'll put you in the bracelets. They said there's two cops on the other side of the uh, the, the the shower curtain, and uh, they don't they're not Trump voters somehow. <laughs> so you're in great shape. You can take off anytime, man. <laughs> so yeah, the bracelets is an expression that's so like old timey. And now that I'm in AA, in the Big Book, which I think was written in 1936, they use the term bracelets for handcuffs. Great. I had not heard heard that term before. Yeah. I remember thinking, I'm 59 years old and I'm like, I'm going to put, I'm going to have handcuffs for the first time in my life. Yeah. So I went to the nut bin for three days and 
Then a nice doctor there said, I think you should try AA. And I know a couple that used to run a rehab and it was during COVID. So they would come to my house every day and piss test me every day for like four months. And they, I kind of was weaned off them, but I'm not like a proud member of AA now. Great. So that helps me tremendously psychologically with stuff too. Is one of those things, do you wish you'd gone sooner? way sooner like it's a joke in aa that i started at 59 nobody starts yeah. aa at 59 yeah. at 59 you're getting your like 30 year chip so yeah it's hilarious that and, but do you, i mean i even said i don't have a problem but like did it was it unleashed by the episode the all the all the hatred I or was think it so. did you always drink you always no drank i've never a, had a drink in my life to this day i became a pill girl how soon when i had a bunch of pills <laughs> because anytime I would be prescribed either a benzo, a painkill. Oh, I did talk a doctor into giving me Adderall, which I call Adagirls. And I, I, it was dumb. I just wanted to lose weight. So then I became addicted to those two. Yep. Um, the speedball, if you will. Yeah. But I thought because I wasn't a drinker, I wasn't, I couldn't be an addictive person. Right. So I, when the Trump thing happened, I just... I had a bunch of pills that I had kept in a safe. And I don't know why I basically was hoarding prescription S pills. Scrolling them away. I was scrolling that them was away. That was your 401k. Right. And I needed it. <laughs> and so I just stayed in bed and took pills all the time. And um, then that led to the suicidal ideations. And then thinking, I can just take a bunch more pills. It won't be that big of a deal. And I was convinced my husband would be better off and that I had had When a you good kicked run. him out, what was your like? reasoning to him i had started a fight something about you know something about you don't care enough about me that type yeah of thing. like something like yeah. that yeah. and but i knew i wanted him out of the house for like the incident and um, oh you didn't want him around for your suicide i know isn't that weird huh. and normally i'm so social. so cold i know and so um you know it, it had to be just really in his heart on him you know yeah I mean, that's a horrible thing to do to somebody because I was only thinking about myself and getting relief, but I, I wasn't thinking as much or really at all about, wow, that would suck to be the person who finds your wife died of yeah. suicide. And the last thing she said was rude or mean or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, are you, so you, when you say like that's a, you know, it's a lifelong apology. Yeah. Are you consciously nicer to him? Well, yes, but AA makes you nicer because in AA, they're, they're kind of all about like, and I'm, I don't mean to make it sound culty, but they're all about humility. And while I, you know, don't have a ton of that, any I do is because of being sober, but they're all about it's like- be, You should be ashamed of your suicide note for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. At least, or at least until, they weren't your, better. until your next suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Count on it. Count and on it. And that's the Kathy Griffin promise. That's right. It's like must-see TV in the 80s. And so um, that's- a, 12-step stuff is very helpful. Also, I like AA meetings because everybody has three minutes to share, right? But it's like a no bullshit zone. So it was good for me to just go to these meetings every day just to be in a place where people were just talking about their real shit, it's, which it's is nice. The, some, I've never been to a bad 12-step program yeah. meeting. Like yeah. I've gone to hundreds of them. Yeah. Never a bad one. It's, right. They are fantastic. Right. Um. Okay, so and, and I just wanted to work again. That was the main thing. Like, just get me back on the road, get me back on tour. You were just going to the A meetings to do time. That's what I heard. 
Sometimes I would kill. I'm not I mean, I bet you fucking crushed. Oh, like, I, the especially when I was laughs, the chairperson. Oh, it was a it was a fixed fight. Mm-hmm. I was a treasurer for a couple of years. Yeah. Um. So how much did you make? <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, I don't think I was helpful. I don't think it was, a, there was no uptick from my help. But yeah. Um, okay. And then how much better are you now than your rock bottom? Oh, 100%. Like you feel like well, yourself. I will and- say though, I do, the PTSD thing is rough because so, sometimes I get attacked when I'm, I don't know, when, when I'm not, obviously I don't plan that. But, you know, I have like a, this thing called a resting tremor that I didn't have before. Um, it's just, it's something I have to be mindful of in a way that's almost like a health it is a health it's diabetic or diabetes yeah, yeah, or like yeah. yeah how much has the vomiting gone down that's almost totally gone i've been having since then about one attack a month great yeah and and it's probably the kind of thing where like now you can't stop the other stuff because you don't know what's doing what yeah um so also it's it's all like i get cupping that's just that's to, this is to the sizable malibu just, wellness community yeah a lot of it's bullshit a lot of it's psychosomatic like acupuncture i don't know i don't know i'm not i can't rule it out yeah hurting even the needles using needles no even the needles don't hurt no i mean i'll be open to it yes listen we're both of our we're cupping our way to mental health (laughs) okay very good (laughs) um Oh, this would fucking drive me crazy. What? MAGA people in the audience set to disrupt the show? Yes. Like they send in ops, like basically? Like banner drops, like GoFundMes. Like um, I was doing a show in San Francisco, and two guys, it was kind of genius, they dressed up in drag. So they were like a normal Kathy Griffin audience member anyway, <laughs> and they bought seats way in the top of the Masonic, and they had just one of those giant blue Trump 2020 flags, banners. So they dropped it. And then you kind of hear that you're not yeah. sure what you hear, but yeah, like nonsense, going on. some kind of nonsense, commotion. Yeah. So then finally, someone's able to like yell in a way I can hear, like there's a guy in the belt, you know. So that happened. Then it takes a while because you got to go all the way up there. Yeah. And then when I found when you're ejecting them, they are they have a selfie stick because they're live streaming to their Facebook group. And they say, I'm being assaulted at the Kathy Griffin show. I'm being assaulted at the Kathy Griffin show. So that goes with the territory. Right. I had a guy buy a ticket to like the first row at a show I had in Philadelphia. And about 15 minutes in, he just starts yelling, pedo, you're a pedo, you're a pedophile. And because he's in row one, the rest of the audience is like, oh, I can see I can the guy, see something. I can't hear what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. And is it a joke? And is Kathy going to riff with it? So, you know, it takes time. And so um, my Houston show... Um, Guys show up in a Trump shirt, pictures of Trump all over it, mm-hmm. and he had a knife. And there's video of it on YouTube. He's literally waving a knife around the front. Did you live stream it? No, <laughs> so he did. I'm sure he did. I'm sure. And by the way, nothing happened to that dude. Meaning, like he like, was free to go. Nobody he was like even stopped outside. him. It was so unexpected that my security was like going run. Like my security was the word run. And oh wow! It was first of all, it was at their symphony hall. So you've got this very nice audience. Some of them were even a little dressed up, and then there's just a guy who just showed up. And this was actually after the show, and you know, I got in the car and I left, and we went around the block because I said I have to see this, and I freaking saw the guy, and he was just waving a knife around the front, 
and there are a couple of security guys trying to kind of stop him, but they were just yelling to patrons, run, run. It's just really nuts. It's not, yeah. And it just, let me just say, it just I hope wasn't ever here, was. Yeah. Like we can, look, I've had hecklers and I've had all the normal stuff we right. all have, but this really is different. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to say to like anyone who's listening, like, oh, but like, yeah, that's what you think this is average or cool. It's not <laughs> it, at all. No. No, I will say that the guy who tackled Dave at the Hollywood Bowl had a t shirt on that said, I'm going to tackle you. So that a lot of times, no, I wasn't actually. No, I had a show that night. That incident was so nuts. Yeah, but I think yours sound worse. Well, first of all, I didn't, I didn't have a big beefy guy like Chris Rock right on yeah, kick well, no, no. no, but the fact that the like other comics came together and then they actually tackled the guy, uh -huh. but he still was like trying to stab. Yeah, it was, it was a, a total knife failure made out of like MacGyvered. Yeah. yeah, total failure on that guy on security's part. Yeah. And if Dave at ducks the bowl. him, at, yeah, at the storied home. I mean, luckily bowl. Dave can do the ball every night. Yeah, that's true. So good, good. So that's, that's true. That's it's that's not it. like he can't go back. Yeah. I'm just saying, anyone who's been in the bowl, that just doesn't happen there, and never did. Yeah. I don't care how crazy the musical act was that was there. Yeah. No, I have never ever heard in the history of the bowl. I never heard anyone stage. rushing the stage of no. a comedy show. No. Like, oh. And what was the the uh, people think you're still canceled? So, meaning, well, I mean, what, I guess I'm, I'm as guilty. Huh? I'm not really uncanceled. Like, what's different? What's different? Finally, is that I actually have a tour. So Great. that's really the tangible thing. But it's not like my phone's ringing, you know. So there was some stand up in the documentary, right? Yeah. Okay, so you that that wasn't really a tour though. No, my last tour that was almost six years ago. But my last tour was the best tour I've ever done in my career, money wise, and reviews. I got the best reviews of my career, and I thought, even though the tour was about being canceled and about really primarily about the Trump stuff, I threw in some celebrity stuff, but mostly about the Trump thing. I really and thought, and he is technically the host of, of the of the Apprentice. So. Yes, yes, and he always will be one of the many ways I met him, by the way, and um. You know, I just thought the phone would ring because the film got so well reviewed. I did a bunch of film festivals. I was doing Q and A's with cool people, um, and I thought, okay, people might have been scared, but now I've put this movie out. It's called Kathy Griffin: A Hell of a Story. I put this movie out a year and a half later, or a year, or whatever, and I thought I could maybe be able to go back to work, but it was still too soon. It was as if it took America this long to forgive me. That's what I feel like. Yeah. But I, I think they're kind of like, okay, now I think we, there's a weird thing know. happening now where in order, you have to have some sort of narrative where you have to like face up to yeah. some wave of right. negative or criticism. Right. And then if you can get through it, it's like, uh, it's like winning a sword fight. Yeah. And, and it, but if you're like, no, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And I'm not shrinking, mm -hmm. and I'm like, it. You can't really beat me. Yeah. Like, there's no beating me. You can stay mad at me, but you're not. Right. You're not. Look, I am gonna attempt suicide. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna get real close. That's right. Me, me die now. Right. Um, but 
if you me die faster, me die faster, you know, sooner. It, it it just becomes a thing where like it makes people like you more. Yeah, and then you also have like an, you're an underdog again, which is always the better position. Yeah, and I I think part of it too is a lot of people came around when I got cancer just because that's so relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that you can hear my voice is a little bit different, a little bit higher, or whatever. It's almost like. I, I feel like I'm kind of wear, wearing the yeah. trauma, not in a bad way, but I'm like, let's cut the crap. If you're at a Kathy Griffin show, you know who I am now. Yeah. You know about the picture. By the way, in the new show, I don't mention Trump once. Great. It just, uh, not that I'm afraid of it, it just doesn't come up. I'm going to cut, cut him out of this. It's going to be a nine minute <laughs> podcast. Oh, that'll kill him. Um, <laughs> that'll kill him. If you saw Trump, what do you think it would be like? I would approach him for sure. Um, I don't know. if. What he, do you think he'd be like? Oh, I know he's, I know what he's like. He's a total pussy. And so one of the last times I saw him was when he hired me as part of the finale of the, not the Celebrity Apprentice, but after that he went back to doing like the non-Celebrity Apprentice too. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he hired me to roast him for an event that one of the teams was putting on, like a charity event. Right. Even though, as you know, I'm not a classic roaster, but I get how people would think I'm a roaster. So I was like, great. And the headliner for the event was Liza Minnelli. So I would have done it for free, but he gave me 50K, which was respectable, and flew to New York, went to Bedminster, spent the whole day with him and Liza, which prior to Trump being Trump, I actually thought it was kind of fun because all the times that I knew him and saw him, he just was like a lovable doofus. Right. I don't know that I ever thought he had the wealth of Elon Musk or anything, but he was a fixture for so long yeah. that he kind of played that character. Yeah. And I, I swear to God, I didn't know the racial stuff. I didn't know the sexual assault stuff. I, I didn't know any of that stuff. I just thought, oh, he's like the goofy real estate guy who's rich and has his own black and gold plane. And, you know, I thought The Apprentice was a really good show. I watched it religiously. Uh, the other thing I said about Trump is like, I was number one on all of television. Yeah. He was yeah. more entertaining than ER. Yeah. And what right. the 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 fucking CSI and like. But what's crazy is I got along great with him. Yeah. Not just well. He kind of tra- he's one of these guys that he likes to try to verbally spar with a comic, even though he's yeah. not. But he'll play like in right. his way he would play along. Yeah. So like when I walked onto set, he did the sign of the cross with his fingers. He's like, "Oh, here she is, everybody. Let's hope she goes easy on me tonight. Not too much about the hair." I've known Kathy Griffin for a long time. I'm sure she'll be attacking my hair and lots of other crap today, but that's okay. And I was like, what's well, not Did to love? Did they sell that to ISIS? <laughs> it's in the video. <laughs> Great. And so, um, also, he was like driving Liza Minnelli and I around in a golf cart at Bedminster. And I was like, this is fun. Yeah, this is not. This, that's got to be one of, that's a very unique experience. Very unique. Also, of course, you know, I like worship wise. I don't just like. I, I didn't. I no one thought you had didn't. any. Right. Yes. Okay. I got we it. all were so very I was, confident. I was already queening out about just being with Liza. And then here's this like character driving the golf cart. He was driving it crazily, which I also thought was harmless and fun. Right. I was also raised by alcoholic parents. But you know, we took pictures together and at the Larry David roast, 
I sat next to him on the dais for four hours. And I was on The Apprentice another time when my dear, dear Joan Rivers called and said, will you be one of the celebrities that comes and buys a handbag during this challenge? So I spent that evening and he and Ivanka were like always chatting with Joan because they knew Joan and loved her. Like, yeah. So many run-ins with him that were harmless. And I would see him at NBC Uni events. Yep. And he kind of rolled with a joke if I... So I would probably approach him and he would probably do something similar to like, oh, yeah, because he'd be prote- I'm sure he'd be in but a protective also it environment. Like may- Although he could play just strictly aggrieved. And I would probably, honestly, I'd probably do like one jab, but right. I, I wouldn't try to ever explain to him what the experience was for me because I honestly don't think he can process it. Yeah. So I'd probably try to make like, you know, a zinger right. and move on. That's that's about it. That's uh, that shows a if it's true, it shows a lot of restraint. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> that's we'll see. I mean. like, Eventually, that's the, that's the plan. Oh, somehow um, I'm going to outlive him. The, what would uh, you do if you ran in? Did you ever have a someone where you thought I got a plan what I do when I run into them? Yeah, I'm sitting on a list of insults for someone right as we speak. Um, but I'm not the picture of health. But any comic, are I don't know how old you are. How old are you? We don't talk about it. Okay. Any comic of our possible generation, we also can have a joke from the 90s thrown up in our face any minute. And I wouldn't do my 90s material for many reasons. Mm -hmm. That's one of them. But also- Because it would be offensive by today's standards? Of course. But also we're in this weird era of like the evolution of comedy is as if it is not seemed like seem to be understood by anyone. And I don't want to be like cancel culture. Somebody was Twittered me today. And I was like, lady, you don't understand comedy. Yeah. If you think I'm going to cut a Meghan Markle joke. Yeah. What are you talking? Right. So whatever. Yeah. No, you're right. Or by the way, or if you make a Meghan Markle joke, that means you are inherently racist. Because the 90s Uh, was. This was misogyny. She was accusing me of misogyny. The, The era and the kind of material that I do. And I admit the 90s and the aughts were a brutal kind of comedy it was roast on comedy central every two seconds yeah and i'm sure you but morning radio morning radio oh my god yes war crimes that's all <laughs> over that's yeah. all over but i always i try to explain to my younger friends like you kind of had to live through it to believe it like you're saying about the fucking ddt truck right like yeah. the 90s and the aughts were just the mandate was go hard yeah go as hard as you can yeah and weirdly, like your thing was, he deserved to be went. Hard. You're allowed to go hard at the He's president. He's the president. Did you know Mort Saul's story at all? No. So Mort Saul is like one of the top comedians in the yeah, of course. in 1960s. Like the he's on the cover of Time magazine. My parents idolized. He was their god. He was their favorite. So he Kennedy JFK asked him to write stuff for his campaign. Like, just give me, like, a joke up front. Yeah. Right? Mortsall goes, I'll do it, but just know, if you win, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. He wins. Uh, And the club Mortsall worked out, the Hungry Eye in San Francisco, JFK's dad shut it down. Whoa. Like, closed it. Yeah. And then it's which and then the the weird kind of heroic postscript is the DA from New Orleans who mm-hmm. investigated the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Mortsolve went and volunteered to help 
solve the wow yeah like it's a weird thing yeah so yeah. but it's like when politics intersect with no but presidents are supposed to be able to take it on the chin yeah i made fun of i will admit obama was the hardest to make fun of not just because i'm a libtard lefty mm -hmm. but i just didn't it was hard he had a good sense of humor yeah he, oh he had a great w sense of humor. and obviously bill clinton and yeah so i've been around long enough to have made fun of every president yeah. and Never a repercussion. No. And so that I, part well, too, I was never, still shocked about. I've never seen the video of him doing that. Like that seems like yeah. no one released it as like Trump and Kathy Griffin in better times or whatever. Like, or yeah, like I know. they had a playful relationship or it was too easy I to would, like. Believe it or not, I would probably rewatch The Apprentice. I thought it was so good. I'd probably just do the celebrity one. But Let's face it. man, if you are. remember everybody was on that show. Academy Award winners. Like it was it was shocking how many people he got to do that show, celebrities. Yeah. Many did not need the money. Yeah. And it was just one of those cultural moment shows. Yeah. And they made him look good. And I thought he was a billionaire also. Mm -hmm. And I He had a stretch limousine. How can he not be? That's right. <laughs> and, you know, Money, 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 Money was sure. a great song. And sure. I remember the um, finales being like must-see TV. Yeah. And then they became live like television events. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's who I thought he was. Yeah. All right. The You mentioned your parents being alcoholics. Yes. Did they no, Did they agree? No. When you went to A, did you wish you'd also gone to Al-Anon? Not so much that. It actually made me sad my parents didn't go to Al-Anon because my eldest brother was a crackhead and he died in my mother's arms. In my mother's arms. And they went to one Al-Anon meeting in their life. And I mean, this this is funny because it just that's who she was. But they came home and my mother went, oh, I am so glad we went. Those poor people have real problems. No, no irony. My mom, same thing. Dad, clearly an alcoholic. Clearly. Like open and shut case. On his deathbed. By the bed. way, functioning, just so you know. My parents were highly, my dad always had yeah. a job. My mom was not an, I'm not even going to say it. She was like an absent mom. She was home Yeah, all day I, my dad was a <laughs> corporate tax lawyer. Yeah. Like healthy and career. we're never day drinkers. So, my dad started day drinking when he retired. Oh, well, that's different. I thought you meant, no, seriously. I, of course, when they retired, yeah. then it was game on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on my on my dad's deathbed, he was offered morphine and asked for gin. Oh, wow. And my mom was still like, ah. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not convinced. Um, now, and what do you, do you look at that as a lot, not even the cause of your problems, but like, the emotional it's the classic comic story you know what yeah. i mean picked on as a kid right not in the popular blah 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 bleep bleep bloop blop yeah so but, but i'm saying like your your nervous system informed oh yeah by i think i'm a pill addict because i am from a family of addicts i think it's a genetic they're part of it's genetic and do you ever i mean i'm sure you do you guys do cover like how it affects your behavior codependency or uh, or oh, yeah like, i'm i'm probably pretty coda yeah you know um and and i am not good at picking up cues on people because i'm so used to being around a crazy family right that i'm not so you know in my love life this did not serve me well prior to being married you know i wouldn't know if a guy was crazy until like well into the relationship or because I didn't you see thought signs. everyone was crazy i just wasn't good at seeing signs because Remember, my parents were telling me they weren't alcoholics. You were good they at seeing astrological signs. 
Hi. Hello. Oh, boy. And so, you know, and they took it to their grave saying we were never alcoholics. And I want to ask you this. With your mom and dad, did you mind even when they got older or did you not care anymore? I was mad at my dad until I did Free Mics and now I barely, it's like barely a part of my- Until you did what? Free Mics, my first Netflix, like, because I talked about him a lot. So it kind of got it out of me or something. And then- I, it's a weird thing where I, he's not a part of my emotional ecosystem yeah. like at all. Uh, and my mom's not an alcoholic. She's, you know, she's got like the denial of someone who's married to one for 50 years. Right, so, right, right. And my I also- My mom would go, you know, Kathleen, denial is a river in Egypt. How about that? <laughs> like she was so proud of it. Yeah. We love our denial. Technically, there it is. She did make a great case and said denial made it way easier to go through life. Is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And Very I, honest. Very yeah, honest. And I say this all the time, like, and her, their parents were illiterate farmers or whatever. Uh, my mom or, was the youngest of 16 children. Yeah. There you go. You know. Yeah. The Irish Catholic. You know what I mean? I do. I, okay. The rhythm method. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Very effective. Wait, are you an accident baby? Or were you planned? I, my brother, the one above me is a year and a half. So maybe two and a half years. Okay. Um, But so who knows? How old was your mom when she had you? 40. You might be an accident, Neil. You might want to ask your mother if you're planned or if you're an accident. What good would it do me to know? That could be another 20 minutes at <laughs> oh, least. Fuck, Mario. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so you don't, you don't, uh, the, 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 not even the genetic thing of being prone to addiction, yeah. the like, the emotional just the chaos and the yeah so you're kind of comfortable with chaos yeah your parents i do remember them yelling on the d-list yeah a lot of like yelling into the other and room. yelling and cursing is still my love language so yeah. i also like if i hear someone yell like many times when i've been contr- confronted by maga people i often will still think they're doing a bit like oh they recognize me yeah they want to like come and be funny yeah. and they want to go back and forth yeah and then get a selfie so honestly, like even that would happen. So I kind of have to be hit over the head with it. And, and rela- like most nuts. of your relationships w- were predicated on eventually finding out the person was crazy. No, but and look, I'm talking about sometimes even just one date. Oh like, right, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, you know yeah. my girlfriend would have looked at this guy and known this guy is crazy. Yeah, whatever. But it would still take me like the whole day to be like, oh, okay, oh. right, this is yeah. a red flag. You know? Okay, that's a, it's the earth's flat. He okay. wants to polish his firearms, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the first aid. Huh. So I'm not sure about my own sense of normalcy or being like having great cues about that. How's your how's your your husband? Uh, how does that compare to other relationships? Well, first of all, he's like Joe Normal, so. He's not an addict. He doesn't have that in him. He's, you know, a normie, as we say mm-hmm. in the program. And um, he's more calm and cool. Mm-hmm. So I do well with that kind of temperament. So luckily he's got that kind of temperament because I can't imagine being with a guy who's as jacked up as I am and like frenetic. And, you know, so he's sort of more of the calm and cool one. And I like that. And he's 18 years younger. So it's kind of like a whole generation of he doesn't have like the sexism and the ageism and the misogyny that maybe a guy 20 years older than me would have. Guaranteed. Right. So that's kind of been helpful. I think my dream for any relationship is the woman apologizing to me all the time. (gasps) Wouldn't that be great? Then you're never wrong. I know. (laughs) Have you You put that on your profile? 
I actually got somebody right now. So. And she thinks shit is your fault sometimes? So far, she's been the most reasonable uh, woman I've ever dated. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's excellent. Like Reasonable she will, is so good. Yeah. It's it's really helpful. Yeah. And I just, because I myself just got reasonable like six weeks ago. I, I can't explain it. Like I just. Six can, weeks ago? Can, you no, should have led with that. Huh? What do you mean six weeks ago? I just started being, I, I was, I would feel sorry for myself. I'd instantly victim. Well, what happened and, six weeks ago? I posted a picture of Trump. <laughs> okay. You can't just say six weeks ago. <laughs> I think I'm going to uh, let it go. Uh, uh, truthfully, uh, MDMA. Oh. Put it in the cycle. All right. Now, do you use it with mushrooms or by itself? Good question. I've done it, I think, five times this year, and I've done it uh, three or four times just M uh, MDMA and once hippie flip is the term. For what? For doing mushrooms and MDMA. Oh, so. okay. And how long did your trip last? The hippie flip was like long, and I did too many mushrooms. Like four hours? Like uh, eight hours? No, it was like five. Okay. Like like the MDMA is five or six, and then mushrooms was like another four. All right. Did you have a breakthrough? And in what form did it take? I've had breakthroughs on just MDMA. I, because the ayahuasca and the DMT... It's a God connection. I was an atheist before. Okay. And it's a complete God connection. Like, oh, oh I'm a, I can sense divinity yeah. and I, it's in pure love and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, so now when I do MDMA and mushrooms, it's also a God connection. Oh. So it's, it's pretty amazing. And I've wow. gotten just better inner monologue and better from all of them. So, so that's where I've just been. Like in my body, a little more reasonable, a little mm -hmm. less reactive, a little less like ah, yeah, and just slowing the process. Down. Yeah. Um. So, so, so yeah, being reasonable is great. Shout out to the reasonable. Seriously. Yeah. And uh, apologetic. Fuck. Oh God, uh, what's that like? Uh, no, I'm saying that's what that's what you are for Randy. Oh right. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And don't stop. No, no, it's a big one, and it's a recurring theme. All right, so what have you done? Is there any stuff you haven't mentioned in terms of like getting better? Uh, therapy. No, you've, you've yeah, kind therapy, of run the gamut. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I like asking people about, you know, you've heard of a, everybody knows PTSD, but yeah. have you experienced, po there's another one called post-traumatic growth. Yeah, no one knows about it. It's like another thing. Like you can experience a trauma. Yeah. And you can be in a weird way better for it. Oh, I don't know. It's a thing that if you don't know about it, then they're not telling anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like th sometimes you're better off for having experienced something. Well, look, I think when you go through hard times, you do get you get the benefits are you probably get deeper. Um, I would almost liken it to like if you go through a really gnarly breakup. After a gnarly breakup, you tend to listen to music more. You tend to maybe value your friends more. Mm -hmm. You know, so I can see that. I can see how there's sort of an upside to trauma. And did you feel like you were stronger than you thought and all that stuff? No, I honestly, I I felt so banged up Yeah, that I'm actually just feeling back to normal. But I can't honestly go like, and now I feel like a gladiator. It's... You know, like it, like I said, it's like something I kind of have to deal with almost daily because mm -hmm. I have to manage it. Yeah. 
but it sure feels great to be waking, to be working. And I look forward to the tour, not in a way that will cause me stress, but in a way that I love about touring, about discovering little fun diners in these places and every audience is different. And, you know, to not have done it for so long is just a, like my face. It just puts a smile on my face to even think about hitting the mic one time, much less on like a proper tour. Yeah, that's great, dude. So I'm thrilled it came together. I had a great time talking to you. I love you. Yep, you're great. You're so great, dude. Oh. Yep. Kathy Griffin, everybody. Neil Brandon, ladies and gentlemen. Kathy Griffin. I, I wasn't on, and then I'm finding my light. Okay. And my, Kathy Griffin, everyone. Do your thing now. Neil Brennan, everyone. Pretty great. Neil Brennan. Everybody.